0: with me all over the building father we thank you lord for an opportunity to come together once again lord today to lift up your name lord and lord to to learn of you god i pray lord that you would just use me as a mouthpiece for the holy ghost this morning give us oh god i pray the spiritual ears we need to hear your voice in this word today the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us and give us the godly wisdom lord that we need to walk in that path we thank you and we praise you for it, and everybody said in Jesus' name, amen, you can be seated. We're going to pick back up where we were once before it, uh, uh, on uh, choices, amen, and uh should be able to finish this one out today, amen. Amen. Uh, so let's, uh, let's go to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 17, amen, and. Let's take a look at uh, take a look at the word this morning, Amen. Now, as we've been talking about here, we're we're coming to where Paul uh, talking about Paul this morning. Paul was was heavily involved in politics, the politics of his day, and. So he was very involved. Why? Because he was he was part of the hierarchy at that time. He was a Pharisee. He was from a line of Pharisees. Amen. He was an army man, uh, a captain in the army. They say, and uh, he was from the from the priesthood. Amen, as well. And so, no doubt, he was surrounded by money, surrounded by power, and knew a lot of very powerful, influential people. But once. He got to the place, once he got to the place where uh, where he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, all that changed. Let's look at what the Word says over in Deuteronomy. When thou art come, here's the Lord speaking as well, where we talked about before. We talked about before, here we are in election year and, and all this chaos and craziness going on. But... but What we're looking at in concerning uh, uh, this time that we are in right now, we're looking also at what the Lord has to say about those type of things. Amen. Here the Lord was talking to Israel, and He said, When thou art come unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shalt possess it, and shalt dwell therein, and shalt say... I will set a king over me, like as all the nations that are about me. Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose. He said, hey, now I want you to, I want you to get a, get a grip on this. I want you to take a look at this today. Because as the Lord spoke here, he said, look, you're not in any kind of way going to set somebody over you that you choose. We are, just as his people have always been required, to choose the one that God would choose, the one God chooses. He said, You will in any wise set him king over thee whom the Lord thy God shall choose. So in other words, it's like you're not going to just go out there and pick you somebody out and say, I'm going to make you a king. He said, you're going to set one over you that I will choose. Remember, Samuel didn't choose David. Matter of fact, if it had been left up to Samuel, Eliab would have been the king. Because he said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me now. Remember that? But the Lord said, "Uh uh-uh. Look not upon the height of his stature, nor upon his countenance, for I've already refused him. See? See? It's not about us. It's not about what we can see. It's not about what we think. But what it's all about is what? God. It's about His will. Why? Why is it about His will? Because you and I may not see now what's ten years down the road, and it's got to happen now to make things happen ten years down the road. You see what I mean? God is, is working on, a, on an expected end, and everything has to happen exactly like God... Wants it to happen to bring about this word that's already written. It's settled. And so God is working on the ending and we're just living in the moment. God's not living in the moment. God is bringing things to an expected end. See? So we can't, we can't look at the things we're looking at now and line ourselves up with God because God's not looking at the now. God's looking at the, at the end. One from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. Now, here you go. What does that mean? What does that mean? Somebody help a brother out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that what it means? is that what it says? He said... One from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee which is not thy brother. Uh-oh. Boy, that kind of just lets everybody in the world out, doesn't it? That just kind of sets it. There ain't nobody running for the president this year that's that's one of my brethren. Is there one of yours? Is he your brethren? Oh, yes. He's, he's, he's uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Trump is... I tell you, I don't see how he stood up this long, but uh, and he's a, he's a good man. I like him and all, but uh, but he's not one of my brethren. This is God speaking, folks. This is God. I didn't write this stuff. I, I you, you know I I'm not trying to uh, uh, pounce on on this uh, uh, on this election cycle and all that kind. But I could care less. I, I, this ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm a man of God. And I'm a man of the word. And that's all I'm concerned with. I'm concerned with your well being in the kingdom of God. I'm concerned with your spiritual well being. I'm concerned with you learning this. Because this is God's will. It ain't got nothing to do with my will. I ain't got a dog in the hunt, folks. All I am is a messenger. I'm just a messenger that brings forth the word that I have heard at his mouth. And I am giving you that word that he gave to me. And this is his word, not mine. You see? So, he's warning Israel, you're not going to set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. Why? Because their best interest is not your best interest. They're not concerned with what you're concerned with. They're not concerned with what we are concerned with. They're concerned with the economy. They're concerned with this and that and the other. All God's concerned with is where's your spiritual soul? Where's your spiritual life? Where are you at with God? Because that's all that matters. That's all that matters. When we get to the place, and that's what this message has been all about. When we get to the place... To where we are no longer dependent upon this nation. No longer dependent upon uh, uh, this economy. We're no longer dependent upon money. Where we are, no, That doesn't mean we don't work. Well, of course we need to work. The Bible says man won't work, he shall not eat. But what God has a problem with is when that becomes your sustenance that becomes your life source that becomes your your go to god's not going to give his glory to another the glory of god's people will always be god and he will absolutely make that mandatory in the lives of his people you're not going to look to any other god whether it be money or whether it be a job or whether it be any kind of thing you're not going to look to you're not going to give god's glory to another God wants His glory, and He's going to have it. And He's going to make certain that you understand that our lives depend on Him. He is the hill from which our help cometh. He is the hill we look to. Amen. Amen. Now, but He shall not multiply horses to Himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt. To the end that he should multiply horses. For as much as the Lord hath said unto you, ye shall henceforth return no more that way. What does that mean? What does that mean? What are you talking about? Somebody help me out. It's okay. No I'm not I'm not gonna jump on you for a wrong answer or nothing like that. Somebody help me out. Okay. What? Okay. Okay, but now I want you to explain to me what does he mean by Egypt? Is he talking about the place of Egypt? What's he talking about? Okay, here's what he means by Egypt. And there's a lot of reference to Egypt in the Word of God. And this is always what God is talking about. This land we live in, this is our Egypt. This is our Egypt. It's the land of prosperity. This was a land of ungodly people, but it was a very rich place. And there was good food to eat. There was comfort and luxury there. There was a whole different source of making a living there. Egypt was their comfort zone. Egypt was what they knew. Egypt was the supplier of their food, their shelter, everything they had They put their confidence in Egypt and the land of Egypt. All that had to do with the success, the finances and all of those things, the riches in Egypt. And when God says you're not to return that way, no more that way, that Egypt would never be the supplier of your needs ever again. You will never look back to Egypt to take care of you. You will never look back to the riches of a land that is ungodly to take care of my people. Because you belong to me and I will take care of my people. I will deliver my people. I will sustain my people. I will deliver my people. And you will not ever go back there. I delivered you out of that bondage. and You will not go back. To that bondage again. But you will look to me to bring forth water from the rock. You will look to me to bring you through the wilderness. You will look to me to supply your food and your shelter and your raiment. See? Everybody understand? Ye shall henceforth return no more that way. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself. That his heart turn not away, neither shall he greatly multiply himself to himself silver and gold. Here the, that the Lord is saying, and even though some of the, the the kings later down the road were very wealthy, Solomon, one of the richest men that ever lived in the world, and uh, even David was was very wealthy. But here, here is. Long before this, and he said, Neither shall you multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away, neither shall he greatly multiply himself to himself silver and gold. So God was saying, listen, this, the, the king that I appoint is not going to come in here and set himself up to be, uh, you know, to be all that. He's going to be a king, but he's going to be under my authority. He's going to be under me, and he will look to me. The same as you do. He will be a king over you, but under my authority and under my rule. So he will not uh, uh, build up to himself. You know what this this was saying? And what happens, church? This is the reason why you've seen things change in your life. And some of those things that change in your life, sometimes you may look at them and say, Man, you know, I had to... (laughs) I had it a little better financially when, you know, before I even got into this thing. Well, yes, you did, probably. You may have. But let me tell you, God's going to make certain that you understand it's Him. It's Him that brings forth what you need. And just as He said right here, He's not going to multiply. You're not going to multiply to yourself great riches and all that kind of stuff. Because let me ask you a question. Do you know people that have money? How's that working out for them? Working out good for them? Does it keep them real close to God? Even in the ranks of the Pentecostal church. You show me somebody's got plenty of money. And I'll show you somebody that's not living for God with everything you got. I can show you somebody. It just is what it is. It goes with the territory. Because money, money will cause you to do stupid stuff. Money will cause you to make wrong decisions. And heaping a bunch of it up to yourself and gold and silver and all that kind of stuff, it, it'll choke you. It'll choke you out. And it'll make you do things that you don't need to be doing. Let me ask you a question. I want you to think for just a moment. The closest you can remember being to God. Where you just felt that unction of the Holy Ghost. You just felt the anointing of God all over you. And you just felt the power of God. And you felt Him so close to you. I want you to think about where you were at that time and what you were doing at that time. Chances are you were at a very low point in your life. And God was there because that's where He hangs out. He don't hang out on a mountaintop. You don't need God on a mountaintop. You need Him in the valley. Amen. And that's where God likes to hang out because He knows that's where He's going to get your undivided attention. And when you're talking to God and you're on your face and there is no way to go further down, amen, and you just pour yourself out to God and say, God, Lord, help me, God. And God says, here am I. Here I am. I got you. And he wraps his arms round about you, and you feel the power of the anointing of God upon you, and you feel the presence of the Holy Ghost all about you, and and the tears begin to fall, and you begin to weep inside, praise God, and you have arrived in the presence of God. Money. Money quenches that. Problem is people don't need God when they got money. Money's a killer. God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. God has it all. Money's nothing to God. It's ridiculous. It's silliness with God. He paves his street out of the purest gold. Man I ain't never even seen gold pure as the streets are in, in heaven. Foundations, all the things that we kill people and die for here on this earth. And he uses it to pour it in concrete. Makes the foundation of the kingdom of God. Of heaven. He don't need this silliness that we have down here and we call so vitally important. We treasure above all things. You know what God needs? God needs his people to love him like he loves us. God needs his people to trust in him. That's all he wants. He wants his people to trust him. He said, "Why are you looking at all these things over here? What are you looking at all this stuff? Well, just trust me. I got you. I got you. I'm not going. I'm not going to let you fall. I've got you." And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law, in a book out of that which is before the priests, the Levites. Here it is. This is another very important thing right here, church. This is God saying, I don't care who He is. I don't care if He's your president. I don't care if He's your king, whoever He is. He's going to go by My Word. He's going to get Him a copy of My Word. He's going to keep it with Him all the time. He's going to write Himself a copy of this law. Why would He have to write it Himself? Because God wants him to see every last word of it. He wants him to write it. Amen. That's how important it is to God. That no matter who's in charge and what they're doing, they're going to go by His word, they're going to go by His law, and they're going to have to know it. Before you can do it, folks, you got to know it. And it shall be with Him. He shall keep it with Him all the time. And He shall read therein all the days of His life. That means he's to read it every day. Every day, all the days of his life, he shall read it. Why? Why should he read it? That he may learn to fear the Lord his God. I want to ask you a question. Do you remember where you were when you learned to fear God? Anyone? Is that the consensus? That's pretty much just the gist of it, isn't it? Amen. This is God church right here. Because this is what God expects from His people. Even the kings. They will learn to fear the Lord His God to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them. Do you man, isn't it? That his heart be not lifted up above his brethren. Mm-hmm. And that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left. You see that? Here he is a king. It Just let me tell you something. I want you to absolutely know And I think you do. But I want you to absolutely know there is not any part of me that's lifted up in the people of God. I'm just a soldier in this army doing my job, just like you. And every job is just as important. What you're doing in the kingdom of God is just as important as what I'm doing in the kingdom of God. We're just doing what we're called to do. That's it. Amen. And there's not anything in my life that would ever give me cause to be lifted up above my brethren or above this flock in any kind of way. And that's the way it is even with the kings, amen, because it's not about us, it's all about Him. And there is no king but for God. God's the one that sets kings up and tears them down. Amen. So it ain't got the first thing to do with how great somebody is or what a great, wonderful person they are. What it has to do with is God's ability to take nothing and do something with it. What it's all about is that God can take nothing and use them. Amen. That says nothing about me or anybody else. All that speaks about is God and His greatness and His ability to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Praise God. So this is what God is talking about, even when it comes to kings. Paul was involved, as I said, in politics. He was of the hierarchy. But he abandoned every thought of his former life when he signed on with Jesus. Give me Philippians three, thirteen, fourteen, 14, brother. Notice what he said here. We know it well. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth on those things which are before. You know, we have a hard time with that. We have a hard time. But there's so much to this. This scripture's so deep. There's so much to this word right here. People miss it. There's so much in this. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So... What does this mean? Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. What's he talking about? What's he talking about right here? Yep. What what does it mean? What does it mean that he had to let go of those things which are behind? You can't get where you're headed looking at what's behind you, folks. There's not anything behind you that's of any benefit to you. What good is it? Good or bad? What is it? What good is it? A person can get caught up in even good things that's behind them. You can get caught up in that. Paul could have got caught up in that as well because he did a lot of good things, but he didn't stop and, and 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 go down a trip down memory lane thinking about how great he was because he'd caught some piece of goodie if he'd have done it. But he didn't. He didn't do that. He didn't look back. He said I didn't I, I, I don't I don't I don't consider myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do forgetting about what's behind me there ain't nothing I can do with that. Good or bad, there ain't nothing you can do with it. Looking at looking at the Corinthian church wasn't gonna help him over in Thessalonica. Different people, different area, different different time, and all that kind of stuff wasn't going to help him. Amen. That was yesterday. Today is what we're looking at. Amen. Before long, we'll be looking at this coronavirus in the rearview mirror. Praise God. And ain't looking back at it, ain't going to help us a bit. I'm not going to look back at it. I'm going to keep pushing forward. Amen. I'm going to keep pushing ahead to what's before me. Praise God. Because what's ahead of me is what I need to be concerned with, not what's behind me. Amen. Reaching forth unto those things which are before. What's he talking about here? Is he talking about who's going to be the president? He talking about who's going to be the king? The next senator, or next congressman, or congresswoman, or the next Supreme Court judge? Is that is that what he was talking about? No. He never gave one thought. To who was going to be in charge anymore? He never gave one thought to who was in office. All he cared about was to finish his course and keep the faith. What's he talking about, the faith? Give me John four thirty four, brother. What's he talking about, keep the faith? What's it talking about? Anybody? What does it mean to keep the faith? The doctrine, that's right. Folks, that's what we need to be concerned with. We, of course, don't want to die. Nobody wants to die. But let me tell you something. What you need to be concerned with is not whether you live or die. What you need to be concerned with is how ready you are to meet Jesus if you live or die. Because we have no we have no promise of tomorrow. We don't know if we're going to make it to another day or not. But what I'm concerned with is, God, am I ready to meet you? Lord, have I done what I need to do? And, God, have I crossed every T and dotted every I? Lord, have I missed something? God, don't let me perish and be lost. Help me to keep it about what it needs to be about, Lord. It needs to be about you. Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. That is our job right there. That's Our sustenance right there. That's the thing that ought to dictate what we're going to do next. This is what our mind needs to be on. Remember when his disciples asked him this. Amen. When he was sitting there at the well. Amen. And they came back with some food and they said, who gave you all to eat? He said, hey, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. This is what we need to be concerned with, church, right here. Are you doing what you need to do for God? Are we doing what we need to do to please Him? Are we we doing what He's called us to do? Are we putting Him first? Are we allowing other things to enter into our minds? Are we allowing other things to take precedence over our life? are we making things too important in our life are we putting things ahead of god this is our this is our orders right here god came and started to work And it's our job to finish His work. His work, not ours. To finish His work. Our meat, our very sustenance, our purpose in this life is to do the will of Him that sent us. The will of Him. Not our will, but His will. And to finish what He started. Okay, next brother. Uh, let me have uh, John six thirty eight. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of Him that sent me. Amen. The Lord came down to... To fulfill his purpose. Amen. Now, what about Peter, James, and John, Matthew, Timothy, Philip? Why does the world think that they're so different than our forefathers, the apostles? Think about it. Why do we think that we can serve two gods? We can serve two worlds. Why is it that we believe we're different? Oh, you know, the entire world, even so-called Christians, in the world we live in today, they're not trying to be like the apostles. No way! The apostles were broke. Nobody wants to be broke. See, our job is to do His will. Our job is to do His will. That's it. Our job is not to get rich. Our job is not to get comfortable. Our job is not to to uh, uh, to sustain this life. Our job is to give our life to Him and for. Him. That's it. Any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. There's a reason for that. Because our work, our meat, is to do the will of our Father. And that's the only thing that we're tasked to do. Everything else needs to be secondary unto that. We need to be content with such things as God gives us, and we need to quit trying to make our lives better. And we need to make our lives submitted unto God. Folks, we're just doing what all people do. When we try to preserve our lives, it's the carnal nature of man to preserve your life. But doesn't everything in the Word of God speak expressly against that? And how can we not understand that even knowing what we know. It's still hard to do because it's our nature to preserve ourselves. It's our nature to try to live a better life than we than we have or trying to make our life the best as possible. But God and Paul and Peter and James and John and all of the apostles abandoned every thought of self-preservation. And they gave themselves to self-degradation. The first thing Peter did was give up everything he had. He walked off and left his business for somebody he'd never met in his life. Because Peter understood this man controls the fish of the sea. This man This man can make happen whatever he wants to happen. I'm with him. So where did we miss that transition? Where do we miss that transition? Where do we lose contact with that mentality that God has everything we will ever need, but he never promised to give us all that we want? All right, brother, give me Daniel 2.21. God expects us to elect our leaders? No. God elects our leaders. God does not expect us to elect our leaders. Can you show me in the Word of God where He is? Expect it. Haven't we just saw this morning and in the past few weeks where we've kind of been talking about this stuff? See, it's not about what we think, is it? What it's truly about is what God thinks. It's not what about I think. Uh, uh, it's not about what I think. It's not about what you think. It's about what God thinks. Isn't that right? And I, I believe God's pretty clear on, on these things, don't you? He said, and and he changes the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. See this. See, you need to clearly understand it. You, you you're not ever going to follow God in a pleasing way unto Him until you understand who He is and how in control He is. See, the problem with people is. They give their self way too much credit. You have way too much stock in yourself. See? We get to thinking we haven't all we oh man, we're gonna make a difference. You ain't making no difference. You ain't doing nothing. You're not making a difference in this world and who's running this world. You ain't putting no president in the White House. You ain't putting somebody in Congress. You ain't putting nobody in there. God ordained it from the foundation of the earth it wouldn't be happening, period, because God don't do stuff on the fly. He sat down before it was ever even come into place and counted the cost. He changeth the times and the seasons. God does that. He removeth kings. Who does that? Who does that? And setteth up kings. Let me tell you something. When the, ch- when the seat changes in the White House, it ain't they that did it. It ain't we that did it. You need to get to the place where you get over yourself. You didn't have a dog in the hunt. God just making you feel like you're important. Just to keep from blowing your mind and really, truly disappointing you. And you know, you're going to spend the rest of your life in a temper tantrum and pouting all the rest of your life because you got your feelings hurt, did you? No. You didn't have no dog in that hunt. God can raise up rocks to vote for people. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. God does that. Hope you all got that underlined in your Bibles. Daniel two twenty one because that's important stuff. You need to look back at this sometimes in your life when you start forgetting who God is and that He is absolutely in control. Never give yourself credit. You don't deserve any credit. God deserves the credit. We don't deserve any credit as though we did something fabulous or though we did something that's ridiculous. God is in control of everything that goes on down here. It was made for Him and by Him and for Him. Now, Ezekiel 14. The word, of the, Lord, uh, the word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing grievously, then will I stretch out mine hand upon it. And will break the staff of the bread thereof, and will send famine upon it, and will cut off man and beast from it. Now I want you to take a look at this. What does that mean? What does that mean? Somebody needs to tear this out of the book here, because that's just craziness right there. What does that mean, Sister Tara? You know this. Just read what it says and just and just break it down for me. You got this. Nothing complicated. By trespassing grievously, okay? So what does that mean? Yep, that's right. That's what he means by the land. Okay, so what does that mean, by trespassing grievously? Okay, by doing some terrible things, okay? Upon what? The land, the people of the land, okay, that's right. Now, okay, so let me ask you this. Does that sound like maybe any land you've ever heard of? Bless you, don't push your luck. Turn you into a two bagger. What? America? Oh, uh, that's country right there. America. That's America, I'm telling you, it's America. A M-U-R-I-K-A. America. Now. That's <laughs> these countries I am. Now. Okay. So it says, When the son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing grievously? Can you see America in this? What did he say he was going to do? Then will I stretch out my hand upon it, and I will break the staff of the bread thereof. What's he talking about? I'll take away your ability to make money. I'll take the food off your table. I'll take the jobs out of your life. I'll take your paycheck out of the bank. I'll get your money. I'll take everything you got. I'll put you in the poorhouse. Why? Because they've sinned grievously against him and will break the staff of bread thereof, and will send famine upon it. Can you see famine in the land of America right now? You have no idea the famine going on in America right now. And will cut off man and beast from it, from the bread or from the sustenance of that land. Though these three men... Now listen, this is how... This is how vehemently God meant this. This is how strongly God meant it. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it. Some of the greatest men of God there ever was. He says the heavy hitters. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, They should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord. In other words, let me tell you something, buddy. There's there's coming a time, and now is that time, that God is looking at every individual about their walk with Him. It ain't got nothing to do with the land as a consensus anymore. It ain't got nothing to do with the land as a whole anymore. Amen. He said, even if these three righteous men were in it, they wouldn't do nothing but deliver their own selves by their righteousness. The Lord ain't looking at America anymore as 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 a whole. God's looking at the individual life. He's not going to save the land because let me tell you something. Just like it was in Sodom and Gomorrah, there is no ten. There is no fifty. He's looking at each individual. If I cause noisome beasts to pass through the land and they spoil it so that it be desolate that no man may pass through because of the beast... Though these three men were in it as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters. They only shall be delivered, but the land shall be desolate. You see that? I hope you're writing this down. I hope you got these scriptures down, because this is something you need to look back at. You need to study this. You need to understand this is the order and the will of God, and we're living in a time just like this right now. You're not going to deliver your children. You're not going to deliver your siblings. You're not going to deliver anybody. You're going to deliver your own soul. You're not going to deliver your spouse, and they're not going to deliver you. They only shall be delivered. That's each individual for what you're doing. You've got to get your mind off everybody else and get your mind on you. Make sure you're ready. Because do you know that this is the wrath of God? Do you know the Bible says that the wicked shall be turned into hell? They shall be turned into hell. And all the nations that forget God shall be turned into hell. Turned into hell. Not that they're going. Turned into hell. God has turned the minds of people in this land. That's a fact. Or if I bring a sword upon that land and say, Sword, go through the land, so that I cut off man and beast from it. Though these three men were in it as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, but they only shall be delivered themselves. Or if I send a pestilence into that land or pour out my fury upon it in blood to cut off from it man and beast. Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither son nor daughter, they shall but deliver their own souls by their righteousness. See that? For thus saith the Lord God, how much more when I send my fourscore judgments upon Jerusalem? the sword and the famine and the noisome beast and pestilence, to cut off from it man and beast. Why? Because of their grievous sin. Isaiah 40, 12-17. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance. Who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, hath taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? Hmm, gosh, who could have done that? You? Me, do we really think that highly of ourselves that we think we're going to help God make the right decision? Remember the nut you heard here not too long ago. What's his name, uh, Sublantis or Duplantis, whatever? Hey, God's going to check with him. Boy, you know that just made God so happy. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket you ever wondered where that saying came from? A drop of a bucket, drop of the bucket. Just a drop in the bucket, this is where it come from. Most things you've ever heard in your life came from the book, came from the Word of God. And as counted as and are counted as the small dust of the balance, behold he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn. Nor the beasts thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. How <laughs> are you, you going to give him something that's worth anything if Lebanon was not sufficient to burn and the beasts of all of Lebanon sufficient for a burnt offering? What are we going to offer him? What you got? <laughs> See, when you start realizing who God really is and how immeasurable He is, then you start getting a little proper perspective of yourself and realize how much we're not, how little we are. All nations before Him are as nothing, and they are counted to Him less than nothing and vanity. You see that? That's what God sees about America. It's nothing. We're the ones who say, Oh, America, well, my goodness, we're just such a blessed people. Why, we this? And then, well, you ain't nothing. America's nothing to him. America is dung. It is a wretched, miserable cesspool of wickedness just like the rest of the world is. This is not a Christian nation. There's nothing Christian about this nation. There's a whole lot better Christians in the midst of Africa right now than there are in America. There's a whole lot better Christians living in a dunghill somewhere that's a better Christian than we are. All nations before Him are as nothing, and they are counted to Him less than nothing and vanity. Pretty well sums it up. These are the things we need to get a clear understanding of. We're going to understand how to please God. All right, brother. Psalms thirty-three, twelve. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Amen. Boy, this sums it up right here. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom He hath chosen for His own inheritance. See, you didn't choose God. God chose you. Praise God for that. Amen. The Lord looked from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation he looked upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. See that? Here's God talking about putting your faith in horses and chariots. A horse is a vain thing for safety. It's vanity, man. You ain't safe. A horse doesn't give you safety. Neither does anything else in this land give you safety. Only one way you're going to have safety, and that's with God. God is our safety. Neither shall He deliver any by His great strength. Horses and chariots ain't going to save you. It's only God. Because if something comes against you and you belong to God, nothing can stop it but God. You see? Ain't nothing going to come against you unless it goes across the desk of God. And if He's opened a door, there ain't no man or anything can shut, including you. And if He's closed a door, you nor anyone ever that's ever been or ever will be can open that door. Only God. There's not any strength of anything that's ever been or ever will be that can go against the will of God. Period. That's what this whole thing's about. Getting our minds and our eyes off of everything in this world, everything of this world, and putting our eyes specifically and strictly upon God. Nothing can deliver by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear Him, upon them that hope in His mercy. Praise God. There's where your hope needs to be, in His mercy. Amen. My hope is not in medicine. My hope is not in this or that. My hope is in His mercy. Praise God. Lord, have mercy on us. And Lord, deliver us from this from this death. Lord, deliver us from this mess, God, in Jesus' name. But we know you give us medicine and all that. And we do what we can, God, but ultimately our Our trust is in You, Lord. We need You. We need Your mercy. Have mercy upon us and deliver us, O God. To deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Amen. See? There is a lot of famine going on, praise God. But you know what? Even in the midst of the famine, our people are still making it. See? Even when they start firing everybody in the country... Two left, and you still one of them. Boom. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Amen. Now, God elects our leaders. Why? Colossians 1.16. You need to make sure you have this written down. Listen carefully. I want you to look at this with me today. For by Him, who is that? God. Were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. Visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Okay, so y'all help me out with that. Who puts the president in the White House? Who created the president? Who created Donald Trump? Who created Joe Biden? He created evil for the day of evil. She said it, Lord. I was thinking it, but but she said it. I didn't say it. Okay, now. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. All things. What does that mean, all things? These chairs were created by God. You know that? Man may have done it, but they didn't do it without God. These chairs were created by God. They were put here by God. Man may have bought it, but God's the one who put them here. God's the one who brought it all about. God is in control of everything. And you need to understand, all things were created by Him that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Everything. The things you can't even see. Everything. It's all by Him and for Him. It's for Him. Visible or invisible, whether they be thrones, what does it mean, thrones? He created thrones. He put the White House where it's at. And He created created that position in this land. Not for this land, for His purpose. The White House was not put there for us. The White House was put there all them years ago for Him. It ain't got nothing to do with you. It ain't got nothing to do with me. It's put there for Him. He created created that throne. He created that dominion. Or whether it be principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. Everything's created for Him, folks. It ain't got nothing to do with you. We're not nearly that important. But don't tell us that. Because we're not going to believe that for a second. We are way too important for all this. Yeah, y'all need to make sure you got that underlined in your Bible. As I asked you before, what if by some crazy notion the Democrats won this election? Would God have lost? Is it going to change anything? There's a lot going to change, but it should never have a change in us. It should never affect the people of God. Because we don't live by their rules, we live by that rule. We live by that book. It ain't going to change the way I serve God and worship Him. It's not going to change the way I see God. It's not going to change. It. It's not going to change my attitude because I'm not about elections. I'm about God. Yes, I voted for Donald Trump. I absolutely did. And uh, and, and as I said before, uh, I'm on. Uh, I don't plan on voting again in my lifetime. Even if I live longer or whatever, I'm just not going to do it. Because I truly believe that no matter what we do, we're not going to change it. And when we give our God's speed to those that are not living godly, we may be hurting ourselves. We may be hurting ourselves more than we're helping ourselves. So I did vote this time, and and uh, but I, and, and you know I, I'm gonna. That's how I'm going to move forward, but. Uh, I trust Him, and whatever whatever happens, it happens. I, listen, I can't change that. You're not going to change it. I'm not going to change it. Whoever God wants in that White House, that's who's going to be in it. Whatever happens is not taking God by storm. He's not just winging it as we go. Well, whatever they do, then I'll make a move next. No. Every move that we make is ordered by the Lord. Period. It's not going to change my life. It's not going to change what I'm doing. Now, it may may make things rough or whatever, but it's not against the will of God. Whatever happens, it's going to be the will of God concerning me because He's in control of me. Nobody in that White House is in control of me. God's in control of me. God's in control of what happens to me. Some bad happens to me, God did it. Praise the Lord for it. Amen. Now, As the Word of God says, Lord, not my will, but Thy will be done. Not my will, Lord, but Thy will be done. God, let it be what whoever you want, let it be however you want it, and Lord, we're okay with it. I, 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 you know, I, I know that I may pitch a fit and be all upset, but Lord, be patient with me because I'm trying to I'm trying to get through all this mess. You know, it's hard to it's hard to let go and abandon. Uh, the things that we've been so stringently doctrinated indoctrinated in with all this all this uh, 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 democracy and everything that we thought we had and all that kind of stuff and and you know, but that's just part of getting closer to God and, and going deeper in the word and realizing how insignificant we are when it comes to what what's going on in the world. You know, we have to come to that understanding and that's what this is all about, is understanding who he is and who we are. Understanding that He's in control. There's nothing There's nothing that you're going to do that's going to change what God's doing. Because God's looking at a much bigger picture than we are. Everything that I have taught in this church, everything that I have taught you in this church and brought to your attention... And to your understanding are things that nobody else sees. Just like Christmas. We don't celebrate Christmas like other people do. We don't And we used to. We used to think differently. Yeah, we used to we used to have a Christmas tree and you know, we used to we used to you know have presents and all that kind of stuff, and we used to give the kids presents and all that kind of stuff. Hey, Amen. I used to buy my wife all kind of stuff on Christmas. Man, look like somebody closed a Dillard's down or something. But uh, but that's before I started really realizing the significance of. Of, of what I was doing and what in making the right choices to to make it about what it's supposed to be about. I mean, why why call it Christmas if it has nothing to do with Jesus? And you just get to thinking it's just good common sense. Well, why in the world would you want to have a birthday and everybody get presents but you? What the heck is that about? Well, that's about self. That's what that's about. It's about stealing God's glory and giving it to another. Y'all know how much he loves that. What about Thanksgiving? Same thing. It's always been about self and family, but it's not about self and family. Thanksgiving was created to give thanks to God for the greatness of our God and the and the wonder, wonderful things that He's given us throughout the year. Isn't that what Thanksgiving's about? And so we, we make it about what it's supposed to be about. Halloween, we just don't even celebrate Halloween. It's ridiculous. We don't call it a different name and fall fast or whatever and make it okay for everybody to, to, to celebrate it just so that they have some somewhere godly to celebrate. No. You need to teach them that you don't make allocations for Satan. Give not provisions unto the flesh. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're just doing it under a different name. We do everything different, even communion. We don't do communion like other churches because now you know what communion is and how serious it is. Everything that we do is different here. That's the very thing that has changed your life so drastically. The very thing that drew you and has kept you in this church is the change, the difference in everything that we do. I believe what we're doing is right. Don't you? It ain't got nothing to do with the fact that I said it. What it's got strictly to do with is that God said it. That's it. Doing those things that no one else does or is even talking about. Those are the things that I have brought and taught to you under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost that brought these things to your understanding. The opening of your understanding that you might understand Scripture just as it did me. Same Holy Ghost, folks. I didn't just understand this stuff because I'm just so intelligent because I'm such a genius. I don't care who you are, how smart you are, you're not ever going to understand the Word of God except God open your understanding and reveal it to you, period. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. How is it, knowing what we know, that we still try to pick and choose what commandments we will or will not obey? If we do that, we're no different than everybody else. We're just like everybody else. The things that I'm talking about now and talking about today are the same as everything else you've changed in your life. You realize that? Talking about democracy and... Voting people into power and all that kind of stuff, it ain't no different than the things you've already learned and changed in your life. You used to think the same thing about a different Bible you had in your hand. You used to think the same thing about Christmas and Thanksgiving and Halloween. You used to think the same thing about all kinds of things in your life, but you changed those things once you realized the significance of what we do and say. The very things you've changed in your life are just exactly like what we're talking about here in this in this church today. It's the same thing. It's going to be that way until the Lord returns. It should be. I mean, put it like that because I don't know how much longer I've got on this earth to teach you. And hopefully, if there's something that ever happens to me, that God will put somebody in your in your path to to continue. Uh, where I left off, but, but church, there's always going to be changes that have to be made. There's always going to be more that we can and must do. Never think that you've arrived. You've not arrived. We've not even scratched the surface yet in the revealed Word of God. There's always going to be more things we need to change. There's always going to be more to do. sometimes these things are harder than others to grab a hold of and make those changes but but i'm right i'm right the word of god's right it is what it is i know we like to think we have more power than we do but we don't we really don't the only power we have is what god gives us and this is a very Serious situation. These things are just more of a part of detaching ourselves and the separation between us and this world. Can't you see that? All these things are part of separation. All these things are part of letting go. Of this world and grabbing on to him. It has to be about God. It cannot be about the lesser of two evils. It cannot be about evil at all. When people are serving the wrong God, you are not to allow them in your house. Nor bid them Godspeed. Because you are a partaker with that if you do. Is that not what we do when we put somebody in the position of power that is not one of our brethren that's not living for God? I'm just asking you the question. Is it not, is it not that exact scenario? Why do you think the word is so clear when it says no man that war? Entangled himself in the affairs of this life. Why? Because it's not your fight. This is God's battle, and it's already settled. When God decides to tear down a kingdom, partner, it's coming down, and there ain't nothing that you or anybody else, even, even Noah, even Job, even Joseph, Daniel, nobody. Nobody's going to have any effect on it because God decided. God makes those decisions. And if there's judgment passed on America, do you really think you're going to turn the judgment of God off of America? Do you really think you got that kind of pull with God? Because if you do, you need to be in this pulpit, and I need to be sitting out there. All these things are part of a further separation from the ways of this world and our modern-day society, political correctness, from the business as usual. God has always called us to be a people completely set apart in every way of our life. From politics, period. Because they have no place in a Christian's life. God handles who's going to be in control. And we we just simply follow His will. Here in this country, Christians elect somebody that's not godly. Merely on the basis that he's not as bad as the other guy. And, you know, that's what they even even advertise now. It ain't got nothing to do with how good you are in most cases. It's just how bad the other guy is. It's the craziest mess I've ever seen. They started that about 20 years ago, and everything's been negative since then. Most campaigns are all about that. How much worse the other guy is than themselves. (laughs) Cracks me up. It's these specific drastic differences that cause other people to take notice of us and how different that we are in every way of our life. And then when they ask why, we got lots of Bible to back up everything that we do. When they ask you why, let me ask you a question. If somebody was to ask you, And say that this message throughout the length of it throughout has convinced you to follow as I've been teaching. Let me ask you a question. What would you tell somebody when they ask you why you're not voting and they try to tell you how unpatriotic you are? What would you say? Well, here's the deal. Here's what you tell them, if that ever comes about. Is you tell them, we don't entangle ourselves in the affairs of this life. I'm not going to just vote for the lesser of two evils. If there were somebody that were godly, one of my brethren that were living godly, and they were living according to the word of God that I follow, then... They could have my vote, but because there are none that represent the God I serve, how can I, how can I vote for somebody that is is not, that is not of my God, that's not following my God? That puts me in jeopardy. You see, because you're bidding them Godspeed. speed. God gives strict, specific instructions on how we're to carry ourselves, does He not? Amen. We've been looking at a lot of that today. Brother, give me uh, Deuteronomy thirty-one, twenty-seven. Now, When we give people Bible, they can't deny it. They have to look at everything the same way that you're looking at it now, through the Word. They have to make a choice. Is that not what it means when it says, let your light so shine before men? Can you see how that what I just was talking about a second ago, somebody asked you that question, how that your answer and your response is a major part of letting your light so shine before them? That's the kind of stuff that's going to get people's attention. Not just saying you're a Christian. Not just going through the motions or status quo Christians. But it's doing things ain't nobody else doing. What gets people's attention around Christmas about you? Is it your hairdo or is it your... Yeah. Isn't that the thing they come and ask most questions about? You see, that's the thing that's shining before them. That's letting your light so shine. It's talking about a light that nobody else has. Our light should be different in every way. And when we stand next to somebody, <clears throat> our light needs to look different than theirs does. And That's what causes it to shine before them. Our light is different. Our light is brighter. It's cleaner. It's holier. It's more righteous. If somebody wags their head at what I've been talking about after having seen it and been taught it in the Word of God, then it's nothing but straight-up rebellion. That's it. Because I have clearly shown everyone in this building the Word of God and what God said about it. It ain't got nothing to do with what I say about it. What it's got to do is what God said about it. Because what I'm speaking is right. Look what the Word says about rebellion. For I know thy rebellion and thy stiff neck. Behold, while I am yet alive with you this day, ye have been rebellious against the Lord... And how much more after my death? This is this is Moses talking to the children of Israel. When he was telling them, Yeah, I know, I know how rebellious you are while I'm standing here with you yet alive today, and how much more after I'm dead Church, God forbid that I should ever leave you and not be your pastor before the Lord returns, but if that should happen Please don't let what you've learned fade away. Please don't let what I've taught you in this Word to be changed in any kind of way. Please never stray from it. Because this is the way. There's only one way. This is the right way. You've got to keep moving forward. You cannot settle. You've got to keep pushing forward. And keep pressing in. You've got to want more. You've got to want more. Never find that place of comfort.